0: Greetings. Peace and love, family. Peace and love. I've been talking a lot about trusteeship. we have been talking about share ownership through home ownership, or what we will actually refer to back in the day as home ownership through share ownership. That was a program that was actually marketed by Jenny May um, to encourage or actually keep individuals from actually losing their mortgages. Um, just want to kind of give everybody kind of a heads up. Um, if you've been paying attention to the various different broadcasts and the various different content that's been delivered to you through trustee training, uh, I wanted to let you know that you're no longer in Kansas and there are a lot of things that you want to definitely um, become aware of. Um, current expected credit losses, uh, or what we call CECL, um, is working in conjunction with several other programs that I'm going to discuss. Um, And again, um, we launched a series uh, 48 hours ago called um, Wake Up um, and Smell the Coffee, so to speak. Um, You need to wake up and understand that the current expected credit loss implementation is working in conjunction with these two agencies. Let's discuss these two agencies. The first agency I'm going to break down is the Court Registry Investment System. It works in conjunction with CUSIP, and um, and CUSIP is the Committee on Uniform Security Identifier or Identification Procedures. A CUSIP is a nine-digit numeric, uh, nine-character alphamaic um, number or code that identifies a North American financial security for the purposes of facilitating clearings and statements of trades. And we're going to break down this word trades because a lot of people don't understand it even the word trades is an acronym um, again um, the CUSIP was adopted as an American national standard under the accredited standard what we call X9.6 the CUSIP system is owned by the American Bankers Association and operates and is operated by an S&P global market in- intelligence the operating body CUSIP um, Global Services, which is what we call CGS, also serves as the National Numbering Agency, or what we call the NNA for North America. And the QSIP serves as the National Securities Identifier Number, or what we call the nin the N-S-I-N number, for the products issued from both the United States and Canada. And its role as an NNA, otherwise known as a National Security Identifying Number or an NNA, a National Numbering Agency. QSIP is, you know, works with the Global Services, CGS, also assigns all US based international SINs, what we call NCENS. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. Here's the history. The acronym QSIP derives from the Committee on uniform securities um, identification procedures. And it is a committee of the American Bankers Association. The committee was founded in July of 1964. So it's been around since 1964. And it was developed and developed a CUSIP system, an entire numbering system. The committee formed the CUSIP Service Bureau in 1968. During the paper crunch on Wall Street. See, the CUSIP system has grown over the years to cover corporate, government, municipal, and international securities through what we call CINs's or the CUSIP international numbering system. See, IPOs are considered preferred stock funds. Certificates are deposits, syndicated loans. The U.S. and the Canadian listed options the CGS database contains issuer and issuer level identifiers, plus the standardized descriptive data for more than 14 million financial instruments and entities. The CGS is also designated is is the designated national numbering agency responsible for assigning the NCN in over 35 other markets. Here's an antitrust review. In November 2009, the European Commission charged the S&P Capital IQ with abusing its position as a sole provider of n codes for the U.S. securities by requiring European financial firms, the ones that are in Europe, in the, in the European economic area, and the data vendors to pay licensing fees for their use. The European Commission described the behavior as unfair, it was unfair pricing, noting that they, that in cases such as the clearing and regulatory compliance, there are no acceptable alternatives. It is also formal. It is In its formal statement of objections, the European Commission alleged that the S&P Capital IQ was abusing its position by requiring financial institution companies, financial services companies, and information services providers to pay a license fee for the use of the US ICENS the European Commission claimed that the comparable agencies elsewhere in the world either do not charge fees at all or do so on the basis of distribution costs rather than usage while strongly disagreeing with the European Commission the CGS S&P Capital IQ offered to create a low cost low value fee on you know fee you know On certain US Isense for use in the marketable Participants in the European Economic Area if if A formal agreement was Reached in November 15th of 2011 well what's the Format for CUSIP and why Is the format important Listen to the format A CUSIP is a nine Character Code the first Six are known as the Base you know or Q sub six, and the unique identifier, and, the, and and uniquely identify the issuer. It also has the issuer codes, which are assigned alphabetically from the series that includes deliberate built-in gaps for future expansion. See, the seventh and eighth digit identifies the exact issue. The ninth dish, di- digit is automatically generated, what they call the checksum. Some. Clearing bodies ignore or tru- truncate the last digit. The last three characters of the issuer code can be letters in order to provide more room for expansion. Issuer numbers 990 to 999 and 99A to 99Z in each group of 1,000 numbers are reserved for the in- for internal use. This permits the user to assign an issue number to an issuer which might be relevant to this holding but which does not qualify for coverage under QSIP numbering system. Uh, The issuer number such as 990000 to 999999 and 99000A to 99999Z are also reserved for the user so that they may be assigned to non-security assets or to number miscellaneous internal assets. The 7th and 8th digit identifies the exact issue, the format being dependent of that of that type of security. To the general numbers are used for equities, and the letters are used for fixed income. For the commercial paper, for a commercial paper, the first three issue characters is generated by taking the letter code of the of the maturity month. The second Issue character is the day of the maturity date with the letters used for the number over nine the first security issue by Any particular issuer is numbered 10 newer issues are numbered by adding 10 to the last used number up to 80 at which point the next issue is 88, and then goes down by tens. The issue number 01 is used to label all options on equities for that issue. Fixed income issues are labeled using a similar fashion, but due to but but due to there being so many of them, they use letters instead of digits. The first issue is lettered. AA A, and then the next is A2 then 2A and on to A3 to avoid confusion the letters I and O are not used so that they might not be mistaken as digits of ones and zeros. QSIPs also reserve the special characters you know they have like the apostrophes and the A with the circle and also the number sign for use of private placement so whenever you see these in internal documents, these are private placement numbers, what we call PPNs, and they're used by the insurance industry. So, insurance industries use PPNs. Why is this important? A lot of you are going to end up dealing with QSIPs, ICEN, and then also PPNs because of the trust-owned life insurance policies that are being created so this is why this is important this is why you need to know that, that this one agency is actually one of two that work in conjunction with these mortgage-backed securities now without further ado I'm going to place something that should help you along with digesting just how uh, impactful this particular structure is now keep in mind Most of the information that we cover dealing with this particular um, number is something that most individuals have to come to grips with. So I'm giving you what is going on with what we call the first layer, the first obvious layer um, dealing with mortgage backed securities. We talked about CISO implementation. Now I'm giving you the QCIP. And the second part you're going to hear about, which is called the CRIS, the Court Registry Investment System. These three entities are are what's governing this entire infrastructure. Keep listening, because if you listen long enough, you just might learn something.
1: Every court in America, there is... In every court in America, there is an insurance company for the court. Did you know that? That every court no. is insured by a privately owned insurance company. A liability insurance. insurance. Company, yeah, it's a company called CRIS, C R I S, huh? which stands for Court Registry Investment System. CRIS is an important insurance company that insures all courts in America. All Court the admiralty Regist- courts in America have an insurance policy. That's right. It's called Court Registry Investment System. Wow. And it's run by a secret group of bankers called CUSIP, C U S I P, which stands for the Committee on Uniform Securities Identification procedures cuspid community no community on. what am i saying community on uniform security identification procedures okay which is the insurance guys who run the give us the acronym c what is the acronym c-u-s-i-p c-u-s-i-p C U S I P, got it. committee, committee on uniform securities identification procedures, mm-hmm. and they are the powers behind CRISC, CRIS, C R I S, Court Registry Investment System. Uh-huh. And what this is, he was explaining it to me, and I had a lawyer. I had a def- when I was in court. I had to go to court about a year ago, more than a year ago, for some little infraction I had. And I went to court and the court appointed me a uh, public defender and the public defender happened by chance as it would happen for me. He happened to be a very, very nice man. I really liked him. He was a very kind and very legitimate and very real nice guy well that doesn't happen
0: in that business very often
1: i know i know it's just hard to believe but he was a very kind and courteous man and he was very nice to me and he said to me jordan uh the judge is going to want to make what you have done the judge is going to want to make it into a felony And I said, why? And he said, well, it's not a felony, but the judge will make it into a felony. He's going to try and make it look like a felony. And I said, why? He said, because there's something called a court registry investment system. Well, now I know what it is. C-R-I-S, Court Registry Investment System. I'm beginning to see where you're going with this. Mm -hmm. And he said that if the judge can find you guilty of a felony, he gets paid by the insurance company, there it is. There at the is. end of the year he gets a check for every single person he has found uh, with a felony, that he's uh, guilty of a felony, he gets paid by the court registry investment system, which is overseen by the committee for the uniform securities identification procedures. So what I'm saying is that there is an insurance company that is operating behind the scenes in courts where the judges are paid to find you guilty. And they are paid large sums of money at the end of the year for each person that they can pin a felony on. So that's why the judges are very quick to throw out penalties and and say that you're a felon and find you guilty of felony because of the court registry investment system which pays them a lot of money at the end of the year that you're not supposed to know about for finding you guilty Why? Because your body is on security on the New York Stock Exchange
0: Now what's most interesting about that information that was just that you just listened to is that a lot of individuals really have no clue on exactly how the CRIS the Court Registered Investment System CISO which is Current Expected Credit Losses and then CUSIP which is the committee the committee the actual committee that is used to create this numbered system and QSUB stands for the committee it stands for the committee on uniform security identification procedures so every time there is an interaction with the court it's the equivalent of actually making a deposit into the Federal Reserve because those cases actually are assigned a QC number and those Qsip numbers create uh, securities. As a matter of fact, the number system identifies the securities, the value, the security, the value, you know that's why they call it a charge, a security, a value that they're using to hypothecate into other commercial instruments you've heard of the term trades you know like when you're in an exchange you're actually dealing in commercial trade but trade also is an acronym and I know I don't think a lot of people really understand the acronym of what trade means in the depository uh, trust corporation or what we call the DTC under the treasury direct the word trade has a meaning it has a very deep meaning in a lot of individuals. You know, unless you're really dealing in this type of um, information, you're going to really be able to um, follow how this goes. What is What does the, what's the trade stand for? Well, trade stands for Treasury Reserve's automated debt entry systems. Treasury Reserve automated debt entry systems. See, on August 23rd of 1996... The Treasury Direct issued a final rule governing securities held in the commercial book entry system, or what we now call the Treasury Reserve Automated Debt Entry Systems. Uh, So the trades regulations are at section 31 of CSR Part 357. The trades regulations. Provide the legal framework governing transfers and pledges for all commercially maintained treasury book entry securities. The trades regulations are based on revised article 8. And article 8 means, you know, it's the dealing with investment securities of the Uniform Commercial Code or what we call the UCC which is referred to as the revised article 8. Last but not least, in issuing the trades regulations, we did not preempt state laws for those states that have adopted the version of Article 8 of the UCC that is substantially identical to the revised Article 8. Now, I'm reading this information from um, Arbitrix, um activity stream because I posted for everybody to see but I want to break this down I want to give you the commentary between it so you can really understand because I'm gonna be talking to you guys later on today about do you really understand what's going on wake up and smell the coffee peace and love family peace and love